of Jeremiah chapter 18, verse number 1. And the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, and God gave Israel their word. But the word to us this morning is found in verse number 4. And he made of the clay there was, that was marred, he made it again another vessel as seemed good to the potter to make. It was not the same vessel that it was, but it was a needed vessel. And my subject this morning, I want you to listen very carefully, is simply this. God can still work it out. God can still work it out. Somebody needs to say that in your own mind right now over your situation. God can still work it out. And somebody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Of all the blessings of life that I enjoy and you enjoy, I think perhaps the one blessing that I enjoy more than most is sight, is the ability to see. I don't know how many of you have eye problems, but I have not always had the best vision. I had to wear glasses as a young person, and when I got old enough and contacts came into existence, I think I probably had one of the first pair of contacts. They were made out of hard glass, and they would wear your eyes out. But I wanted to see, and so whatever misery I had to go through, I went through it so that I could be able to see. The most uh, difficult thing for me and the most annoying thing for me was to wake up in the night and not be able to see. I have nearsightedness, and so anything that was close was blurry, and and uh, it was wonderful to reach over and and pick up a pair of glasses or get up and put your contacts in and you could see things clearly. And then one day came the greatest miracle of all. Years ago, the church took up money and, and uh, paid for me to have Lasix surgery done so I wouldn't have to depend on those glasses. And what a wonderful, I will never forget, I was a little bit uh, uh, tense, perhaps a little afraid, you know, when they're messing with your eyes, you certainly don't want them to mess up, and you certainly don't want there to be a mistake. And I remember how they come, calmed me and comforted me, and they kept telling me, listen, the, the, the process is longer than the procedure. Um, and, and, and so finally the moment came, and, and they made me take my glass, my contacts out, and I couldn't see anything. Everything was blurry. They took me into this room, dilated my eyes, put some drops to, to deaden the pain, took me, laid me on that table, put that little device on my eye, opened it up, and then like zit, 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 it was over. 
And I mean that fast. And when he laid that flap back down over my pupil, I could see. It was the most amazing thing. And when I got up and I went, it wasn't perfect, but it was clear. I could see things without. And I thought, God, this is unbelievable. This is amazing. And since that day, I've only had, I'm getting older, and so I'm having to use reading glasses. But I, I can see you clearly this morning. But you know, as life is sometimes, you can have 20-20 vision and not really see what's going on in life. You can have the best eyes and not be able to make sense of what's happening around you. You can have good vision and yet not have a good perspective. And because of that, you can become depressed or overwhelmed or fearful. And so it happens too often to many of us that we get into situations in life and life brings us down pathways where we cannot see our way through or we cannot see our way clearly. And it is then that we need most a new perspective on life. It is then that we need a new perspective on our situation. What we see at the moment may seem hopeless or impossible. And when you look at your life right now and you try to put all the pieces together, you're wondering how is this going to work. And somewhere in the back of your mind, you're thinking there's a piece missing. It's not ever going to work out. I'm never going to be able to get everything together and so helpful it is to gain a new perspective, to be able to step back or to step in or to come to a place where you can see things differently. Though the situation at the moment has not necessarily changed and problems have not been resolved, but you can still see you can still see that there is a way out. There is a way through. And sometimes in life, we can get overwhelmed with how things are looking at the moment. How many of us have responded to the question when people have asked us, how, how are things going or how are things looking? And we have responded, Brother Hughes, it's not looking good. It's not looking good. It's, it looks pretty bleak from where I'm at right now. And it does from where you're at. And where you are sometimes lends itself to that limitation. But listen to me. A visit to the right place, a visit to the right place can alter your and my outlook on life and change our feelings about how things are going to work out. And today it is my prayer that God will help us this morning to have just such an experience, that we could come to a place in this message and in this service when all of a sudden our eyes are opened anew on the situation. And because God has brought us to a new place or he has brought us into a new place that we have a fresh perspective 
on life and how things are going to work and how God is still working in our life. And somebody said, Amen. Jeremiah was called the weeping prophet and folks, he had a lot to weep about because he was called to speak to a people that were rebellious and stiff-necked and they were headed to hell in a handbasket and they didn't care. They didn't want to hear a preacher. Matter of fact, they said all we want is somebody that will say smooth things to us. We don't want to hear any more about judgment We don't want people telling us what we're doing wrong. We're too busy having a good time. And Israel seemed unable to stop itself and to stop the momentum that had begun to build in its life. And they seemed unable to reverse the direction that they were headed. And to Jeremiah, it looked hopeless. It looked impossible. Jeremiah was dejected. He was disheartened as you could imagine. What Jeremiah saw was not good for uh, God's people and it was not good for the future. They were plunging down a road to destruction. And he didn't see a light at the end of the tunnel. He didn't see any hope for the future. He didn't see it becoming better because of the heart of God's people. The future was filled with fear. And Jeremiah certainly did not know how it was going to work out. And then God came and visited him and sent him on a mission. God's always doing things like that in our life. God is always coming at the right time and taking us by the hand and saying, come on, go with me. I have something I need to show you. And God takes Jeremiah by the hand and he leads him down to the potter's house. And he said, I just want you to observe. I I just want you to look at what's going on here in the potter's house. And so God took him to that place where he could get a new perspective on life. What he saw there in that place restored his hope and it brought new confidence into his heart. I would to God today that the Holy Ghost could take you and I on a journey and bring us to a place where our hope could be restored and our confidence could be renewed and our vision would be refreshed that God could take us by the hand and say, come on, let me show you something today. Get a glimpse of this. Take a look at this and tell me what you think. Hallelujah. And so it was. He went to the potter's house and there he watched as the potter began to work with the clay, putting the lump of clay on the wheel, moving the wheel round and round, pressing with hands that were skilled and crafted, molding, shaping. Amazing how that lump began to be transformed into a vessel taking a bit of clay, molding it into a pattern that was in his mind, a purpose that was in his mind. When he sat down, he was not wondering what he was going to do. He knew what he was going to do. Do you hear me today? God knows what he's doing, folks. And God knows how to make it work out. God knows how to make it work out. And so as he watches as that 
begins to form and shape itself into a vessel, something went wrong. He noticed that there was a hesitation perhaps and maybe the wheel slowed a little bit and the the, the potter looked at the, the vessel and he felt of it again and then something happened. It fell apart or something cracked or something in it became unmovable. The Bible said it was marred in the potter's hand. I I wanted to know what that word meant and so I went to my Bible study program and looked it up in the Hebrew. The word marred means spoiled or corrupted. It was blemished. Something got in it that made it imperfect. There was an immovable object or perhaps it was too soft. Something went wrong that uh, that did something to the elasticity of the clay. And as he was working with it, it became marred or corrupted or it was just something went wrong in, in the hands of the potter. And as as Jeremiah watched in in anticipation, he no doubt wondered what what what's going to happen next. One would think that that's the end of it, that it's finished and over with, and that bro- it's just another broken dream. It's just another fractured plan. That's the way life is. You know, God told me that he had a plan, but here I am on the wheel and in the midst of life, and nothing's working out. And so you feel like maybe God has discarded you. But to his amazement, the potter did not take it off the wheel and, and put it aside. He did not reach for another piece of clay. He simply began to fold that piece back together and he began to knead it and roll it in his hand. And when it had gotten back to that place, evidently he took out whatever the imperfection was. He took out whatever had marred it, whatever had blemished it, whatever had corrupted it, took it out and he put it back on the wheel and he began to work with it again. And Jeremiah watched as that old lump of clay that had been marred, that was blemished, that had a defect, that something had gone wrong in. He watched it as that master craftsman began to make it into another vessel. You know, folks, life, our life is like clay. Our lives possess a similar capacity. We are sometimes marred in the making. And by the way, all of us are still in the making. None of us have made it yet. There are shattered dreams among us. There are broken intentions. And there are unrealized ideas and expectation. But even in a marred life, there is still possibilities for that life. If the right person is working with them if the right hand is upon them if the right hand is still involved in their life there is hope even for a marred life if God is still working somebody ought to say amen right now somebody ought to say thank you Jesus you see things look bleak at the moment but God can still work it out I said things look bleak at the moment, but God can still work it out. Your life may be flawed right now, but God can still work it out. You may feel like your life is cursed this morning, but God can still work it out. You may feel like you have 
everything wrong with you in the world, but God can still work it out. Life is not perfect, but God can still work it out. Things don't always go as I planned, but God can still work it out. The best laid plans sometimes go awry, but God can work it out. My dreams may be shattered for the moment, but God can work it out. My intentions may be frustrated right now, but God can work it out. God can work it out. Somebody say that with me. God can work it out. I want you to look at your life right now and look at yourself right now and say it with me. God can work it out. Hallelujah. God can work it out. You see, life is not like a book. Life is not linear. It's not straight. It's not a line. Life is not logical. Life is not sensible. And many times life is not even orderly. Life for most of us is a mess most of the time. Amen. Admit it. Life is a mess a lot of time. But faith has to be lived in the midst of the mess. Our spirituality doesn't mean anything when everything's going good. But it means everything when nothing's going right and you're still standing with your hands lifted up and you're still worshiping and you're still praising and you're still faithful to church and faithful to God and faithful with your giving and faithful with your doing. When you stand in the midst of trouble, that's when faith really counts. That's when faith needs to stand up. And God had to bring a man who was blinded by circumstances and blinded by his people's problem. He had to bring him to a place where he could get a new perspective and realize, hey, when God's involved, it ain't over till God says it's over. And when God is working, God can still work it out. God can still work it out. God can still work it out. Somebody say it with me. God can still work it out. Marred, messed up, blemished, imperfect, spoiled is one word that was used to translate in the Hebrew. Spoiled. You know how things get spoiled, don't you? When they're not left in the right conditions. If you take milk and you don't keep it in the right condition, it's going to spoil. And sometimes our life, it gets all twisted up. We get all tied up in knots because of what's going on and nothing's working right. And the first thing people do when things get like that is they tend to go away from God rather than to Him. And they get in the wrong environment. And they get spoiled. They stink. (laughs) Their attitude stinks. Their spirit stinks. Everything about their life, nothing's right about it. 
Nothing's going their way. All you got to do is just bring it back into the right environment. You just got to bring that element right back into the right place. And when you get it back in the right environment, God said, hey, it ain't over till I say it's over. And I can still work it out. It may look impossible right now. It may look like it's a total loss. It may look like you need to wash your hands of it and walk away. But I come to tell somebody this morning, God can still work it out. If you'll keep it in His hands and you'll keep it on His table and you'll stay in His house, God can work it out. Ah, yes, God can work it out. His plan wasn't working at the moment. But that doesn't mean his plan won't work. Did you hear me? God's plan, the potter's plan wasn't working at the moment. But that didn't mean it wasn't going to work. Because God's still working. When life gets messed up and life doesn't look like it's going to work like we planned, God can still work it out. Amen. God can still work it out. God made it over again, another vessel. God can still work it out. I said God can still work it out. Amen. Those words, he made it over again, made again. That's the hope of the broken. That's the hope of the messed up. That's the hope of the damaged. That's the hope of the spoiled. That's the hope of the hurt and the injured. That's the hope of the flawed and the blemished. God can still work it out. God can still work it out. That's the hope of the imperfect. That's the hope of the impossible. God can still work it out. He is at work on my life right now. He is at work on my imperfection right now. He is at work on my hurts right now. He's at work on my problems right now. Every time I put my Self in his hand. He's working on my problem. He's working on my hurt. He's working on my impossibilities. And if I will just stay in his hands and stay on the wheel and stay in his house, he'll work it out. I said, he'll work it out. He'll work it out. He'll work it out. He came to bind up the broken. That's his business. That's his mission. That's his purpose. Restore sight to the blind. To put back together that which was broken. Go to the maker and know that he knows what he's doing. Hallelujah. Listen to me this morning, church. My life is a work of purpose. Your life is a work of purpose. There's nothing incidental. We're not at the hands of fate. We're not at some whim of the wind that blows in life. And one day we're this and the next day we're that. And one day we're here and the next day we're there. One day we're up and the next day we're down. We are people who have a purpose. Whether you're living that purpose or not, God has a purpose for every one of us. Not a forgotten number, but a work of purpose. A planned work. God has a plan for my life, but it doesn't always work out the way it was planned. Sometimes things get messed up. 
I make bad decisions. I make poor choices. I go in the wrong direction. I get a wrong attitude. I get a wrong spirit. I get a chip on my shoulder. I go through life all bowed up, waiting for somebody to say something so I can lash out at them. Life gets that way. Oh, I'm preaching to some folks this morning that God wanted me to tell you God can still work it out. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what you're struggling with. It doesn't matter if you've got a bad attitude today. It doesn't matter if your confidence is down. It doesn't matter if your faith has been shaken. It doesn't matter that you feel broken. It doesn't matter that you feel like you're only a half a person. You're not a whole person. I'm here to tell somebody that as long as you're in the hands of God, God can still work it out. It may not be what he started out, but whatever it is, it's going to be worthwhile because nothing that God's hand touches ever turns out to be a mess. Nothing that God's hand touches ever turns out wrong. It's always going to be a blessed thing. It's always going to be a blessed thing. It's always going to be a good thing when God gets through working in my life. Listen to me right now. God ain't through with you yet. So just let God keep on working. Come on, somebody praise Him with me right now. Hallelujah. God is great enough to restore. Listen to me. God is great enough to restore. God is great enough so that when things go wrong, His plans may be broken. He still has a plan. He still has a plan. He stoops. He brings it all together. And He begins to work on it again. Hallelujah. He begins to work on it again. But listen to me, folks. The only place that kind of work can happen is in his house. You can't find that at home. You can't find it on Facebook. You can't find it conversing with your friends. You can't even find it in a counselor's office. Only place you can find what I'm talking about is in his house. And not just in his house, but on his wheel. There was a lot of clay that was in his house, but it wasn't on his wheel. But until it gets on, until that clay gets on his wheel, it's nothing. But once it gets on his wheel, it's everything. There's a plan. There's a purpose. There's a work. There's a future. There's a process. And so it's not good enough just to be in his house. You need to be on his wheel. Amen. If you, want, if you want the confidence that I'm talking about this morning, it's going to take more than that. You can't just be in his house and on his wheel. You've got to be under the touch of his hand. You've got to pray, God, put your hand on me. What we sang about, God, I give myself away. Make me what you desire me to be. God, it's imperfect right now. It's a mess right now. And uh, I, it, my fault, whoever you, you blame it on whatever, but I just know that if I stay here, I know that you can still work it out. I don't know how it's going to get worked out, but I know that God can still work it out. I don't know how it's all going to turn out, but I know God's going to work it out because God can still work it out out. No matter what the situation, no matter how hurt, no matter how broken, no matter how messed up we are, God can still work it out. Amen. 
You know what we do every time we come to an altar? We put ourselves back on that wheel and say, God, come on, I need some more work. I believe what your preacher preached about. I, I believe you can still work it out. Every time we lift our hands in worship, feel like it or not, we worship anyway. We're saying to God, God, I want on your wheel because I know you can still work it out. God, I've messed up. I've made some bad choices. I've gone and I've done some dumb things. I've said some stupid things. I, I've acted in ways that I shouldn't act. But God, here I am. I'm lifting my hands. You can still work it out. I'm asking you, God, to put your hand on my life. I want your hand on my head. I want your hand on my heart. I want your hand in every aspect of my life. Because that's the only thing that's going to change the mess that's in my life to something of worth worth and value and put me where I need to be. God, I'm trusting that you can still work it out. Amen. Let's stand together. Jeremiah learned in the potter's house that you can be marred, but you can get over that. You didn't hear that. I need to say that again. You were too busy getting up. You can be marred and still get over that. You can be messed up and still get over that. Amen. You can be spoiled, rotten, through and through. God can help you get over that. He can help you get over that. You can be mad at the world, mad at life. God can help you get over that. Amen. Marred life. A marred life does not mean a meaningless life. And I'm just here to tell somebody, this is my message. God can still work it out. God can still work it out.